We meet today in Galatians chapter 2, verse 15 to verse 21. This actually brings us to the doctrinal section of this marvelous epistle, which deals with the subject of justification by faith. We have been looking at the personal section of the book. Now we begin the doctrinal section. In this section, Paul takes his position as a Jew. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. Galatians 2 verse 15. Here the Jew in that day looked upon the Gentile as a sinner. In fact, Gentile and sinner were synonymous terms. Therefore, the rebuke that Paul gave shows the folly of law-breaking, how really foolish it is. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Galatians 2 verse 16. Now, this is a clear-cut and simple statement of justification by faith. Believe me, the legalist has trouble with this verse. To say that you have to add anything to faith in Christ absolutely militates the gospel. Notice what Paul says here. If a Jew had to leave the law behind, that is, to forsake it in order to be justified by faith, Paul's question is, why should the Gentile be brought under the law? That was the great argument at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15. Should the Gentiles be brought under the law? Thank God the answer, guided by the Holy Spirit of God, was that the Gentile was not under the law for salvation, not for his daily living, as he was called to a much higher level, to a much higher plan. Could the Gentile find justification under the law when the Jew had already proven that it was impossible? The Jews had had the law for almost 1,500 years and had not been able to keep that law at all. Why force the Gentile under that which had not saved even one Israelite? You see, Gentile believers were already justified by grace. It would be folly for the Gentiles now to turn from grace to the law, which had been unable to justify the Jew. There is another statement that says, knowing that a man. You see, we would like to pick this verse apart. This is something that you can know. You can know whether you are saved or not. It's not perhaps... It's not uh, maybe. You can know. When we read God's word, First John chapter 5, verse 11 to verse 12 reads, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I have written these things to you who believe 
that you may know that you have eternal life. You see, I have written that you may know. So you can know whether you are a child of God. What kind of a man is this verse speaking about? It is the anthropos, the Greek word, a generic term meaning many kind. Many kind can know. It speaks of the solidarity of the human race, the common humanity that we all have. This breaks, by the way, the social barrier of color. It breaks the barrier of race. It breaks the social barriers, you see. All men are on one level before the cross, and that level happens to be sinner. You are a sinner. I am a sinner. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are from. You are a sinner in God's sight. I am a sinner in God's sight. So this verse goes, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. You see, the word the is actually not in the original. So it should read, not justified by the works of law, by the works of law, not of the. the. Now, when you think of it, it actually includes the mosaic system and it includes any legal system. This is what I mean. If you say that you have to join a certain church or that you have to have a certain experience or that you have to be baptized to be saved, you are contradicting this verse, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of law. Any law, any law. Paul embraces the whole legal system that is found in every religion. And this makes Christianity different from every religion on top of the earth. Christianity is different, my friend. It tells us that we are justified by faith. Faith is an accomplished act and fact for you. Every other religion says do. Christianity says done. The great transaction is done and we are asked to believe. Now, let me call your attention to an important verse in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 3. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accused. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, the question for you and me is, how can we call Jesus accused? If you say to me, Asafa, when you came to Christ and accepted him as your savior, you didn't get all that was coming to you. The Holy Spirit can give you something that you didn't get in Christ and you ought to seek that today. My friend, to do that depreciates the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross when he came to this earth to die for you and to work out a salvation so perfect that when he went back to heaven, he sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down because there was nothing else to be done. If there had been anything else, he would have done it before he sat down. When you say that he didn't do it for me, all of it then, you are saying that Jesus is accursed. 
And you can't say that the Holy Spirit of God, that is, you can't say that I must receive the Holy Spirit as if I did not receive him when I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you cannot even give the Holy Spirit of God a method of how he works in me. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 13 to verse 14, However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take off what is mine and declare it to you. Now, my friend, when you come to Jesus Christ, he gave you everything you will need in this life. Christ is the one who administers all the gifts. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives them. But he is working down here under the supervision of the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And my friend, we have everything in him. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Amen. And when you say Amen, you are through, my friend. Christ did it all. Jesus paid it all. This verse is so clear. It is impossible to misunderstand it. Knowing that a man, and we are talking of any human being, man or woman, black or white, rich or poor, African, European, American, Asian, is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. It is not faith plus something. It is faith plus nothing. Faith plus nothing. This verse continues. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith in Christ. Who does Paul mean by the word we? He includes himself, meaning we Israelites. He is saying that he and his fellow Jews had to leave the law, come to Christ and trust him in order to be justified by faith of Christ rather than by the works of the law. The conclusion of this verse is also clear. I feel that anybody can understand it. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Let's not depreciate the work of the Lord Jesus by saying that we didn't get everything from him. I was a hell-bound, hell-doomed sinner. I trusted him as my savior, and I received a perfect salvation from him. He gave me all. I am blessed with, in Christ with many heavenly blessings. I am seated with him in the heavenly places. Galatians chapter 2 verse 17. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. The word justified is the Greek dikaio, which means to declare a person right or to make him right. That is where we get our word righteousness or justification, dikaiosin. You see, we are declared to be right 
by our faith in Christ Jesus. It means that a sinner who is guilty before God, who is under condemnation and judgment, is declared to be right with God on the basis of his faith in the redemption which we have in Christ Jesus. It is not only forgiveness of sins, which is subtraction, it is also the addition of the righteousness of Christ. He has declared us righteous. The righteousness I have is not my own righteousness, because my righteousness is not acceptable, but I have a perfect righteousness, which is Christ. The sense of this verse seems to be this. Since the Jew had to forsake the law in order to be justified by Christ, and therefore take his place as a sinner, is Christ the one who makes him a sinner? Paul's answer is, of course not. The Jew, like the Gentile, was a sinner by nature. He could not be justified by the law, as he demonstrated. The same thought was given by Peter in his address before the great council at Jerusalem. Acts 15 verse 10 and verse 11. Now therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. You see here, Peter and Paul were in agreement on the doctrine of justification by faith. It is said and even unbecoming for people who have failed to keep the law to require others to keep it. Galatians chapter 2 verse 18 For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. In other words, Paul is saying, if I go back under the law, I make myself a transgressor. However, here he is free from the law. How did he become free from the law? Well, through faith in Jesus Christ. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. Galatians 2 verse 19. Paul is saying, when Christ died, he died for me. He died in my stead because the law had condemned me. The law was a ministration of condemnation, a ministration of death, is what Paul calls it in Second Corinthians 3 verse 7. You see what the law does? It condemns me. Even under the legal system, God would have had to destroy the nation Israel, but he gave the sacrificial system five sacrifices, all of them pointing to Jesus Christ. God, by his marvelous grace, was able to save. Therefore, the mercy city was a throne of grace where a nation could find forgiveness of sins. The law therefore condemned me. The law has accused me. We stand guilty before the law. So the law actually is responsible for Jesus dying for us. The law condemned us. Said we had to die. All right now. If I am dead to the law, then I am no longer responsible to the law. The law has already killed me. It has executed me. I am dead, dead to the law. Therefore, the law could not do for me what Christ has done for me. 
He not only took my place and died for me, but he also did something else. He was able to give me life. He came back from the dead. You see, the law arrested, condemned, sentenced, and slew me. That is all the law could do for us, my friend. If you want to come by the law route, you will get death. That is the end. Only Christ can give you life. And after all, life is what we need today. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Well, Paul has now been crucified with Christ and is thus positionally dead to the Mosaic law. His life is no longer self-effort as law-keeping, but is a life empowered by the indwelling Spirit of Christ. This verse states a fact which is true of every believer. We are not to seek to be crucified with Christ. We have already been crucified with him. The principle of living is not by the law which has slain us because it found us guilty. Now we are to live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the Son of God. The death of Jesus Christ upon the cross was not only penal, but it was substitutionary also. He was not only the sacrifice for sin, he was the substitute for all sinners. All who believe. Paul declares, therefore, that under the law he was tried, found guilty, was condemned, and in the person of his substitute he was slain. When did that take place? It took place when Christ was crucified. Paul was crucified with Christ. But it is no longer I who lives. How do I live? In Christ Jesus. He is alive today at God's right hand. We are told that we have been put in Christ. Now, my friend, you cannot improve on that. You must understand what Paul is talking about when he says, I am crucified with Christ. Paul was crucified with Christ when Christ died. Christ died a substitutionary death. He died for Paul. He died for you. He died for me. Romans chapter 6 there we are told that we have been buried with Christ in baptism by identification. We have been raised with him in newness of life. And now we are joined to the living Christ. Paul says that we do not know him anymore after the flesh. He is not the man of Galilee walking around the Sea of Galilee. He is not there today. He is at the right hand of God. He is the glorified Christ. Now the law could not give us life. He died for me down here that I might live in him up there and that he might live in me down here. The life, Paul says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. What kind of life is this? It is the life of faith, saved by faith. Live by faith. Walk by faith. This is what it means to walk in the Spirit, my friend. 
I live by the faith of the Son of God. How tender this is. Who loved me? He gave himself for me. Christ loved me, but he could not love me into heaven. He had to give himself for me. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. You can receive a gift only by faith. This applies to any gift for that matter. You have to believe that the giver who holds out the gift to you is sincere. You must believe that he is telling the truth when he holds it out to you and says, It's yours. You have to reach out in faith and take it before it belongs to you. In the same way, God offers you the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. You have to reach out in faith. Galatians 2 verse 21 I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Now, the main thought in this verse is simply that if there had been any other way to save sinners, then God would have used that method. If a law or a religion could have been given that would save sinners, God would have given it. The only way that an infinite God could save you and me was to send his son to die on the cross. He was willing to make the supreme sacrifice, to pay the supreme and ultimate price. Now, advocates of Judaistic legalism abrogated or set aside the grace of God, which left the atoning death of Christ with no more than exemplary significance. All modern attempts to include works, whether moral or religious, as a part of achieving salvation, fall under the same Pauline condemnation as the Judaizers. Let them be accursed. Let it be accursed. Praise God for the salvation that we have. Praise God for the justification that we have in Christ. And we receive it by faith. Have you received that justification? You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.